No, I don't because I I don't live in LA anymore. Oh. So I don't know what's going on with anybody anymore. Yeah, oh that makes sense. Uh it's raining in Los Angeles right now, which by the time oh. people listen to this, it's gonna be like a hundred degrees. So people will be like, Okay, Jessica, what part of LA do you live in? The rainy part that's like a month and a half early. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see, I didn't know that. I'm really out of the loop. Yeah. Because that's a big to-do in L.A. It, it is. Yeah, it's been, like, really gross and overcast. And and I live in East L.A., so it's not like it's beach living overcast. It's, like, gross. Like, why is this happening? I need sunshine immediately. Um, yeah, it's well, not LA fun. Is, LA, the thing with L.A. is that it's not pretty when it's overcast. Like, it really it shows the grime. You're like, ooh, this is this is an ugly street. Oof. Oh, this is just strip malls. <laughs> yeah, and then the sun comes out, and you're like, ooh, palm trees. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's fine. It's fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> right, like we're all gonna be fine, but still doesn't. But I'm not. I just want to go outside. <laughs> I know. I know. I've that's actually uh... part of my highs and lows. So we'll get there. But um, okay. Okay. Welcome, everybody. This is Feeling Feelings, and we are on season two, episode three, Truggin' Along. Truggin'? Truggin'. It's a truck that's <laughs> chugging beer and monster energy drink as it's going down the road. Truggin'. Just truggin'. <laughs> okay. Hey, I haven't been in an English-speaking country in a long time. It's okay. fine. You're doing great. I actually appreciate the invented word that was just thrown just out shrugging. i don't think you should correct yourself for that one no shrugging. i think it's, it's added to the dictionary now so it's shrugging <laughs> call up um, miriam yep <laughs> call him up <laughs> and we today we're going to be talking about intuition Ooh. but like not so much the mystical kind which i guess no. they're the same thing Ooh, we should get into anyway i'm getting off oh. track here getting ahead we're of already myself. getting in sorry <laughs> Let's start with the uh, highs and lows. Highs and lows. Highs and highs lows. And lows. Highs and lows. I added some snaps. I don't. Did you hear my snaps? I did hear your snap. Actually, I think maybe that's more helpful for the audience if we add in some um, physical body acoustics. Yeah, I've I have a solid snap. You have a great snap. You always have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What? Since I don't when? know. I don't is know what's happening. Is that something you've actually noticed about me before? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's just trug along. I can't handle Shrugging right along. Um, I think I start this week. Is that right? Go ahead. Let's do it. <laughs> Who knows? Um, My high for this week is that my super close friend and neighbor got married over this weekend. Mm, whoop, whoop. And it was just the cutest, most woodsy, adorable. It was like a whole bunch of beautiful, like, nymphs were just celebrating love. I don't, I don't even know. It was just, it was good. Words don't do it justice. That's how good it was. It just felt good. The pictures good. were really pretty. Yeah, and they were so, like, pretty. They're just pretty people and are so happy. And their son wore a tuxedo, which was just, like, too yeah. much. It was just, like, too much. Oh, and their dogs wore, like, a dress and a tie suit thing. It was just, it was great. 
So that was definitely the high. Lots of love, lots of good friends. Um, and these are friends who live in LA now, but um, he's from San Francisco. So it was like a lot of our San Francisco friends who I haven't seen in a really long time because I refuse to go back to that city. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> and so it's just nice catching up with everyone. Um, and then my low, I mean, yeah, the obvious is that it's been overcast and gross. I think really what it is is like I have a severe lack of vitamin D and mm -hmm. I can feel it in my heart and in my bones and it definitely like gets to me. It messes me up if I can't have like an hour sitting on the front porch like drinking my coffee and reading through Reddit. Like it's just such a little simple thing because most of the sub threads I follow on Reddit are just of like animals being derps. So yeah, there's a lot of joy over there for me. Um, it's been a bummer. And then uh, just paperwork, just still dealing with some of the stuff with my mom from her broken shoulder because she's on vacation. She had insurance, which is fantastic, but it also means having to deal with insurance companies, which is not fantastic. No. Even if you have yeah. good insurance, which most of us don't, but it's like you're still trying to figure out what their weird like things that they mean. It's well, and this is even worse because it's travel insurance. Oh, so it's like a third level of hell of insurance. Oh, yeah. Wow, so really I'm making is. it happen. I'm doing it. Like we've talked about how overly organized and with it I am. I I know how to do one thing. It's make a goddamn spreadsheet. So um, I'm making it work. I think all of all of that to say I've not been taking photos. Like it's overcast and gross, and I'm doing all the stuff for my mom to make sure she can get back on her feet. And it's like, what? Do you, I don't even know what making art is about anymore. <laughs> What does yeah. that look like? What's a camera? I didn't even bring a camera to the wedding because I was like, oh, it's a vacation. Like, I try and separate vacations from, I don't know, like photo trips kind of thing. So I didn't, I just didn't feel it. I also just didn't feel it. And I think I'm, I'm a little bummed that I'm in that mode. So I hear please you. Please pray for me and my creative process. Don't do that. Don't pray for me. I'll be fine. There's, there's people who need it more, but you know, just keep it in mind. Just yeah, I'll, I'll get it back. I'll get it back. <laughs> Jamie, what are your highs and lows? Okay, so I have a lot of really like, uh, I had one of those weeks where I was just into the real cheap highs, which I yeah. love. Love those. So, first of all, well, actually, no, I'm going to circle back to that because we'll have a conversation. First, let's say, let me go with my low. My low is also weather related, <laughs> which is we're getting older, Jessica. Oh, God, we are. But it is now. We've talked about this before. If you guys have stuck with us, you will know that we have, that I have a problem with weather. And chief problem with weather at the top of my weather pyramid, that is the worst weather, is humidity. And people might not know this about Paris, but it is humid as fuck. And right now I got a weather app just to like, I got the AccuWeather app because I just wanted to confirm to myself how fucking humid it is. And it's like 100% humidity with thunderstorms. Oh, bye. And like, what did you move to Florida? I know. No offense, Florida, but you know, you but know. Like Florida, you know. You know. There, you got a lot going on with the weather down there. <laughs> Um, so like, 
hang in there. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's gross out. And I went out for like a couple hours and I too cannot just be like cooped up, especially I can't be cooped up in this like very small apartment that yeah. doesn't get a lot of natural light. And I went out and I was just like dripping sweat, which just feels great. It feels great. And then there's no air conditioning. So there's no reprieve anywhere. Uh. And I was just like, okay, so I really miss AC. Like definitely a privilege to have AC. Yeah, for but sure. Like I had it in LA because you need you need AC in LA for the most part if you can. Yeah, and that window unit life over here. Ugh. Oh, I was dreaming of a window unit. Like I Yeah. Totally. That's yeah. a luxury. Yeah. So I was and I'm like, I can't put a window unit into like an Airbnb apartment or something. No. Like a rented apartment. I can't acquire all kinds of things and then I don't know where I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do with them. So that's been unpleasant because I don't think anyone associates Paris with like humidity or anything Probably or not. like stickiness. But then yeah. Paris is also in the heat. Like you're reminded that it's a city, so everything smells like Ooh. urine. Stinky, I, yeah. Yeah, and I saw like a dead rat while I was walking back from something and I was like, are you okay? I mean, I'm okay, but the rat is not. And I was like, I was like, this is not the Paris of glamour. Like, this is dirty, gross Paris, which is fine. Like, you know what? We all need to get our romanticism about Paris kicked down a notch. Yeah, sure. get it in check, definitely. Like, get it in check. It's a little much. I so, remember when we went there, there was just dog poop everywhere. And I was like, oh, dog bags, it's not a thing. People just, uh-uh. it's just not a thing. Okay. No. Well, that's stinky. Yeah, they, they, actually, they have a real big problem with, like, in the neighborhoods, so... In the tourist areas, they keep it really... We're in a kind of tourist area, but they keep it very clean for the tourists. But if you go, like, into a neighborhood where, like, <laughs> real people live, oh, it's it's dodging. You got to do a lot of dodging. Yeah. Yeah. So Paris has been... The romanticism of Paris is coming down a little bit just because I'm so hot and there's nowhere to go. But my highs... There's a good amount. So first, I found popcorn, microwavable popcorn. So Wait, really that's excited. not a thing? That's no. not normal? No. It uh, was a very weird find. And they also, what? in any given aisle of a grocery store, they have like a hundred different options for jam and jelly and one thing of like skippy, heavily processed peanut butter, which I still buy and I still eat with a banana. I don't care. I need my peanut butter. So... Yeah, the, the grocery stores are a bit different here, obviously. So I found popcorn. Very exciting. I got Birkenstocks. Very, mm. very exciting because mm-hmm. now I can have, I can walk in sandals. You know how I feel about Birkenstocks. My broken feet. Love them. I got them because you wore them in Disneyland. Yeah. And I was like, if you can wear them all day at Disneyland, these have got to be good. Well, good luck with the breaking them in process. It can be trying. But I, I took an hour-long walk today in them, and yeah? they weren't that bad. No. Mm-hmm. Oh. We're, we're working on it. Me so and my excited burps. for you. Yeah. And then um, I have not been writing lately because I have 
not had any creative inspiration. And then today I wrote 3,000 words. Hell yeah. It was like six pages. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. All right. We're getting back into it. So that's happening. But the biggest high, which I wanted to leave to the last one, is (laughs) there's a new Backstreet Boys song. (laughs) Oh my God. It's good. It's actually good. I've been listening to it on repeat. My mouth is just a gape. I just, I know people don't know that, but there is? Yes. This is breaking news to me. Yep. It's really good. It, AJ has like a run that is like, oh my God, it's old school AJ. Oh my God. So Jessica and I loved the Backstreet Boys. What teenager in the 90s didn't? I know. I know. Come on. Let's all just admit yeah. we were into boy bands. We okay. equally loved Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. I yeah. honestly can't even like pick. Like if you were like pick one right now, what was your favorite? It was the I love the both of them. Well, it's like people think they're the same, but that's comparing apples to oranges because they're so different. Like Backstreet Boys is edgy. They had the bad boys, and NSYNC yeah. was like feel good pop. Yeah, and it's just not the same. Yeah. You just can't choose between them. but You like, can't choose. Don't yeah. make me. No. but So Jessica and I have our best – one of our best memories together is being 13th row at a Backstreet Boys concert. Hell yeah, we were. They flew over us. The stage oh. flew over our head, and they were, like, right there, and we just kept looking at each other saying, they're right there. <laughs> That's all we did. That's it. We just kept saying over and over again, they're right there. Like, okay, <laughs> obviously – yeah. Uh, didn't we bring your little brother with us? He didn't. So I was going to say that fun fact, my little brother, who's four years younger than us, um, was also obsessed with Backstreet Boys. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> Which was just like, all right. He still is. The only reason that I knew that they had a new song was he posted it on his Instagram. Like he. Oh, he Nick is, into is it. the best. And like the thing about Nick is that he's so like he's really masculine and like super super mask yeah like he's like got the big muscles and he works out and like you wouldn't he looks like a douche bro and he has his tendencies to be a bro like like he was into the gtl like what is it the laundry gym tan laundry laundry. (laughs) what is it that you do the laundry (laughs) what is it groceries laundry and take your mom to work day (laughs) is it golfing and like talking to your mom on the phone (laughs) and like laying out a spread for a picnic is that what it is is that what it is no um yeah so (laughs) (laughs) also what is this new laugh that you're doing that i like Uh, well i the snort has evolved well, yeah, you can't do the snort on the podcast. Come on, Jessica. I, if I can't breathe, I'm doing it. I'm just going to say that's the only reason why the snort exists. Now I just kind of push all the air between my teeth in now order to avoid the snort. Like a, like a cat laugh. Like a <laughs> it's because I'm just like too a Lamaze old. breathing laugh. Yeah, I'm too old. My asthma's gotten so bad that if I get to a point where I have to snort laugh, then uh, it's about to trigger an asthma attack. It's. Oh, anyway. God. Yeah. <laughs> that, that took a turn. <laughs> that took a turn. 
So, yeah, we're going to talk about intuition today. And the first thing we're going to start it off, which, of course, when people listen to this, it will not have been a full moon, but it is a full moon. It might be a full moon when they listen. Oh, yeah, it could have cycled back. But (laughs) I read this tweet once, which I thought was like a really good tweet. Of course, I don't have it. I'm not like researched, but I did research. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, great. Okay, so um, (laughs) I'm not researched, but this tweet once said it was like, if the moon cycles can determine like currents in the ocean, like you best believe it's determining like people's mental state. And I was like, you know what? That's true. Like if it can do something that if it can like have that much of an impact on so many different parts of our world like why are we why are we not like taking note of that because i feel weird as fuck around the full moon Mm -hmm. yeah i say this all the time anthony um my husband is like full-blown science dude like he's done several science tv shows and worked with the weather channel and stuff he would say that that's nonsense and to stop talking but I'm like, well, he's not on this I, podcast, thank God. Agreed. And I think that whatever he thinks is just wrong. Because <laughs> that's classic. Um, but for me, it's like if they do all of these studies on like gravitational pull and anti gravity when like astronauts are up in space or if people go beyond the Earth's atmosphere, yeah, like if the moon is affecting the Earth's gravitational, like, you know, pull enough to affect the tides, it's like, why? Who? Why wouldn't that affect us on a, like, small scale? Right. And, like, sure, maybe there's no, like, studies about it. There should be. But, like... Well, there's studies about, like, the moon cycles and your menstrual cycle. Right? They're I mean, are. I don't... I'm not... I don't have them pulled up Me right neither. Now. I didn't do that research. I meant But this intuition. is not a science, science podcast, you It's know? not. And we don't know what we're talking about. And we're basically just saying things based on our gut, which is... My gut says if the oceans are affected... Maybe we are. Also, this podcast is called Feeling Feelings, so it's based on our feelings. We didn't call it Knowing Knowings. <laughs> That's like, that would be a horrible title. Um, so I'm just going to say I get weird and I get, I get weird. super – I couldn't sleep last night. And, of course, so last night at 3 in the morning when I'm not sleeping – I downloaded, I did a lot of downloading of apps this week. I downloaded a moon cycle app and I was like, what's going on? And it was 98% full moon, bitches. God. I could not sleep last night. It just felt like something was inside my ear. Maybe there is something in there. Oh, come on. (laughs) Let's not. Let's not. Okay. Uh, no, I, yeah, I also couldn't sleep the last two nights. It just was like, there was no reason. Well, one, the night before, an animal definitely crawled underneath our house, and the crawl space entrance is right where our bedroom is, so I for sure woke up because I heard it. Maybe I just have animals and bugs. Who knows? Oh my god. (laughs) It's the the moon. I'm going with the moon. No, things get weird. People also, I notice around the full moon that, like, people get really aggressive there's like a different energy around people where they're just like not as nice yeah i'm like okay i'm definitely guilty of that yeah you can get aggressive sorry that's okay it's fine (laughs) um so yeah so where do we want to tell me your feelings 
on intuition. Yeah. We you were gonna start with it at the beginning, but then we moved into our highs and lows. So yeah. what what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I mean I think a lot of what I do as an artist is based on intuition. I don't this kind of gets into the intuitive artistic versus skilled artistic. Um, I don't have like a fine arts degree. I didn't go to college for um, photography. I have a degree in English. I mean, so still something creative. I like really enjoyed reading books and I still do and analyzing them. And like, I also took a lot of movie like film classes and um, I in community college, I took film um, photography. So I did take some, I would call it informal training. It was pretty on par with what a high school class would be. So I learned like essentially the very, very, very basics of photography. What's aperture, what's focal length, all of those things. Um, ISO. So like I basically know these features of my camera by having taken a class, but I never learned beyond that so like I don't know lighting and I don't know um I don't know using a bounce I don't I just don't know like a lot of the technical stuff especially when it comes to equipment I'm like just lost but I feel like me being a little lost when it comes to those skills means that I push boundaries beyond what is acceptable quote-unquote acceptable or what is standard um I just don't have a baseline for what like a stereotypical lighting setup is like a three light bounce whatever like I don't I know that those terms exist and I know that they're out there but I don't know them and I just kind of make work with my gut and I think for me I find that the work that I make that just kind of flows naturally as a photographer is always the work that I am the most drawn to and that I look back later like really loving. And then the work that I put a lot of effort into and like a ton of research and I'm going to this spot and I'm gonna take exactly this photo, they're never really my favorites. Like they're fine for Instagram and they're fine, you know, for like padding my social media, but they don't ever make the cut for my portfolio. And I think there's something about losing that intuitive like happenstance I just created this using my like pure imagination um is what makes for me like my my art better I think mm -hmm. I how about agree. you I have lived a lot of my life based on intuition and have done things and had experiences that I didn't know why I was doing it. I just felt like I should. And I mean, not should based on anything other than I felt that that was where what I wanted to do. And a lot of times it surprised me, which like when something surprises me, I think that's when I know I've like dropped into my intuition. Um, I'm sure everyone has a different word for it, but like I, there are just certain things that have happened in my life that I can't explain away by anything other than being like, that was an inspired action. So I'm, I'm very similar to you in that I didn't go to school for graphic design. I didn't do communication arts at all. And it's all been based on like kind of feeling my way through it and just going based on like my taste. Cause I always said, 
if I'm going to start a design business, like I want people to hire me because they want to hire a Shatterbox style, not because like, not because I can just do good things in Photoshop. So I used to, it was really interesting because within like a few years into the business, people would be like, I, I need to get Shatterboxed. Like that was like a thing. Yeah. And I didn't start that. It was like a verb my clients started to use. And then it became like, how can I get Shatterboxed? And so anyway, that was like a really big goal for me to make sure that I maintain a sense of style that like when someone looks at a website or sees a logo or something, they might get a sense that like it's my work um, so yeah. that there was something distinct. And the only way that I cultivated that was through like just opening up a blank document in Photoshop or Illustrator and just playing around. And I feel like that was so much intuition because I didn't have any technical training on it. Um, I also feel my intuition a lot with my writing because I have had, when I was like writing many, many posts per week and writing lots of words per week, um, I was, there were times where it was forced and that never gained any traction. No one ever yeah. read those. And then there were a few choice times where I felt like the words just like came out of me. I was just like a vessel for them. And literally those would be the ones that like got millions of people to read it. Like it was just, those were, it was so, so vastly different. And I mean, I can't always, I can't always wait for that inspiration. <clears throat> I mean, now I can because I'm not writing as a profession, but when I was writing as a profession, I couldn't do that. But I really felt that waiting for that intuition and like feeling it come through me, that's when it really connected in the way that I wanted it to connect. And when I started traveling for the first time back in like 2009, all of that was based on intuition. Like starting my business was based on intuition, just like pivoting into doing design. I mean, none of these things, nothing that I've done in my life really had any kind of roadmap. And so, I always just did things based on feel. I was like, does this feel right to me? And I can attribute that to feelings of intuition because I don't know what else to attribute that to because I don't know how I would have known. That totally makes sense. I, I did um I did a little bit of research about like famous artists who speak on or rely on intuition and found like it's these crazy lists of um, people who like go out of their way to speak up on like intuition. So mm. Chuck Close and Tchaikovsky and um, Picasso was a big one that kept coming up over and over and over again. And then Ray Bradbury, who's a writer and David Lynch and Neil Gaiman. Like I just there were all of these people. And I felt like the David Lynch one was interesting. David Lynch does like this what I considered to be a little too obsessive meditation. Um, it borderlines like cult like, like you have to pay in order to be a member of like this LA meditation community. And I'm like, mm, okay, we'll see about that. Um, but I do think that it it's an interesting thing seeing his name pop up when I know off the bat that he's already involved in this like, I think it's the transcendental meditation movement. Um, oh, yeah. Which I think says something to the power of like, his connection to intuition, even if I do not personally subscribe to that 
method of um, meditation. But um, one of my favorite quotes that I found, so Pablo Picasso has all of these works um, that are basically, it's called Conversations with Picasso. Um, this Hungarian photographer, Bras, I think it's Brasse. I always forget how to say his name. Anyway, they had like a 30 year long conversation. Like he, this guy, this photographer just continued to take pictures of him and write down their conversations. And I've read excerpts from it before. It's super interesting. Um, if you have a chance, we'll link to it. You can you can get it at the public library if you have a library card. Um, but this quote I pulled is um, basically talking about like the creative block um, and like if his ideas come by chance or design. So Picasso said, I don't have a clue. Ideas are simply starting points. I can rarely set them down as they come to mind. As soon as I start to work, others well up in my pen. To know what you're going to draw, you have to begin drawing. When I find myself facing a blank page, that's always going through my head. What I capture in spite of myself interests me more than my own ideas. Hmm. Wow. Picasso's dope. Dope. <laughs> yeah, dope. and I, I like super relate to that. And I think that's that's interesting to me that there are maybe artists out there who don't find that method works. Like that maybe, well, for example, Matisse um, famously redraws over all of his paintings. Like there's these tons and tons of um, x-ray work that has been done by MoMA um, in order to reveal all of the different versions that exist on one canvas of a Matisse painting. And I know that there are so many artists who have spoken out, including Picasso, saying that like the first version that he did was always the best. And then from there, he just fucked it up. See, that's really interesting. Okay, so now we're talking about two different schools of thought that I think are like really interesting is there's the one school, and I always bring it back to writing, of course, because you you bring it back to photography. Um, I I think of there's two different schools of thought when it comes to inspiration, and that's like you wait for it and you don't create until you have it, and then there's this other school of thought that's like you'll be waiting your whole damn life if you're just waiting for inspiration. You have to create every day, totally, and like. I don't know. I get, I have, I could argue both sides. Yeah. Well, and I think for me, I'm not sure that they are separate from the original concept of in intuition either. Because, you know, I, I know that I get in creative funks and I will choose to honor those, at least like listen to myself in that maybe my creative brain needs a rest. But at the same time, I also know that if I go out of my way to just take photos, take photos, take photos, take photos, right? It's like the idea of if you show up, the muses will like come to you. Um, I know that that's something that I also have to actively pursue in order to get myself out of that creative funk, right? So, but I don't know that both of those are void of like my creative intuition. I think the root of them still is this drive to like create from my, I don't know, my heart. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Well, I think that there's maybe it comes down to just like personal preference or how people work because I for like three years tried the method of write every day 
And all that really did was like make me hate writing and make me forget like why I love writing, which is for days like today where like I'm so inspired that I can't, I have to stop everything and write 3000 words. Like that, that felt so good and so cleansing. Whereas if I was writing every single day and like forcing myself to do that and like believing that there's no such thing as like writer's block or like there's no such thing as like taking a day off or anything like that. Like I've read all kinds of writing advice, any writing advice that's out there, believe me, I've read it because I'm a yeah. very tortured writer as it turns out. And I, but that never worked for me. I actually did try the write every day, wrote like so many words and then was like, fuck this. I hate writing. Writing is the worst. I like can't hear myself write again. Like I just got so, so sick of myself. I was like, you're the most annoying person ever. Like I need a break from myself. And I mean, that might've been the nature of the writing, but it kind of worked the same way when I was writing fiction too. And so I get I go back and forth on this where I'm like, yes, it's good to practice. Yes, it's good to always like be consistently creating, but also I don't know if this like drill sergeant, take a picture every single day, no matter what, and like write every single day, butt in the chair is like that conducive to great work. It's like, I don't want your forced essay or your forced like look at the world. I want your inspired art. Like we haven't, we have a lot of art out there. Let's just, maybe it's okay if we let the inspired art really have a voice instead of being like, create no matter the circumstances. Like, I don't know, sometimes you, you need a break. Like you need to be in just like chill and enjoy your life and like find new inspiration and like not just like the point of creating is to like echo back your life to yourself or life to yourself, not even yours, just life in general. Present your observation of life in a way, in a medium that like works for you. So sometimes you have to be actively in your life, not observing it. And I think there's seasons for both. I definitely think that if you are starting out as an artist though, and you're like just stepping into like developing your artistic skill set. I don't want to use the word amateur because I hate that because like sometimes amateurs can be the most incredible artists that have ever, you know, done whatever it is that they're doing. But I do think that if you are wanting to improve and and have a drive that there's also nothing wrong with being like subscribing to that take a photo every day like force yourself to write every day you know I I or like sit down with a blank piece of scrap paper and like just draw for five minutes and it doesn't matter what it is and don't think about it and don't put energy into the end product just focus on the process I do think there's something to be said for those experiences or for that advice because it was definitely what I was told when I was like 20 and in junior college was like take your camera with you everywhere like always take photos it doesn't matter what camera it is it can literally be a disposable like if you're continuing to build your experience if you're continuing to train your eye then you will only continue to expand your both creative drive and skill set um And I do think like 
now that I am in my 30s and like have a slightly more established career, I find myself in more of an ebb and flow than I did when I was like full of energy and like very just excited about the idea of creating um, when I was in my 20s. That's a good point. I mean, obviously, I see nothing wrong with with like devoting yourself to a daily practice. I I definitely think that that's important when you're cultivating your skill and like yeah it well and also what I think is like the added benefit of a daily practice is like it gets you out of the it, it like I always say like action cures anxiety. I probably yeah. didn't make that up, but like I, I want to say you made it up. It's you. It's, it's you're, I That's it. it. Yeah, it's done. I'm sorry <laughs> if, if if I didn't make that up. Well, I just I live by that because I think that that's very important in terms of. So I, as someone starting out, you usually have like some trepidation or you're nervous or you don't have your skill quite built up yet. So it's good to get into that habit and kind of feel that okay I like it breaks through that I'm just never gonna create and I'm gonna think about doing this instead of doing it whereas then once you've like matured the skill a bit like we have um you can then decide on like okay how do I want to how do I want to interact with this art like how do I want to because I also noticed after I got through the like that trepidation of creating, I noticed that I don't it doesn't need to be one thing. Like I live a creative life. I mean, everything that I do, even you know, for my work, especially like full-time job every single day, it's creative work. I'm not I'm not doing anything that's not super creative. And so that feeds the creative part of me too. And I think like maybe some people don't have that sort of full-time job or like they don't have that as their like source of income or anything. Um, But I think that it's interesting once you've pushed through that like, oh, I can't create or no one wants to read what I have to say or like no one wants to look at what I have to put out and all of that. Mm -hmm. It's like under that you can kind of create your own process. And I think I got to the point specifically with writing where I was like, I really don't want to write unless I'm extremely bowled over, excited and inspired to write something. And I want it to like build up in me. I want to say something that I really, I want to like be able to be surprised by what I'm saying instead of what I found was happening after a while was like I was mining my life too much. I was like, okay. Let me think of a sad thing that happened to me <laughs> so that I yeah. can write about it. And I was like, okay, stop. <laughs> like, that's that's it. We're not going to go through and, like, rewrite history and make things, like, shit things just so we can have something, like, sad to write about. Totally. I, like, that's not – that's sad. Like, that's actually, de- a, like, a real good formula for me, like, turning my life into a depressive episode that, like, lasts for a long time. So – I think that kind of having that balance and this goes back to intuition because I used to be very like in my 20s it was like all intuition all passion everything's passion and then as I've gotten into my 30s and sort of 
like matured a bit, I have decided that I want like like 70% intuition and like 30% practical. Like I really, I like the practical part of life because as someone who has a lot of anxiety and can <laughs> find literally anything to worry about, anything, just tell me a thing and I'll worry about it. Um, I just, I have to have that practical part down. Otherwise I'm just like, cool. Can't even hear my intuition because this anxiety brain is very, very loud. Totally. Yeah. I find, um, I was just thinking about like how people draw inspiration from other artists or other people in their field. Um, and how, because I don't have like a technical background, meaning I don't have like a fine arts degree, I never studied any of that. Um, and I know that when I first started out as a photographer, I had friends who do have MFAs who are like, no shade to them, they're amazing. And the knowledge that they have about the history of the art, I do think they bring that into their work in a very interesting way that I just is so foreign to me. Um, but now, I find that I'm getting more interested in like some of the well-established, um, you know, long-term photographers within like the last 30 or 40 years. Um, and I don't think it's really shifting the way that my, I approach my work or the way that my, like how my style looks. Like I feel like my type of um editing process is like very intuition driven and i don't know that i would have developed the way that it looks and the style that it is right now had i gone out and like looked at all of these other photographers um and maybe i would have like who knows it just that's my personal experience um and how a lot of my inspiration is actually drawn from artists like um, using different mediums other than photography. So like James Terrell and how he works with light and creates these incredible light experiences um, and snarkitecture. He also, he's colorblind. So most of his work is in either muted colors or white, like these bright, 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 pure whites. Um, and I feel like a lot of my work mimics, you know, that aesthetic. And so I'm drawn to that aesthetic, but I haven't really found like, photographers that I know are like well-established greats who have a similar aesthetic, um, which is interesting. I think, you know, the point being, I don't really know where like my inspiration comes from within the world of photography. It, to me, it is like all just intuition based. Yeah. I remember that when I went to college, I was like, well, clearly I should major in like English or, um, you know, I should do something that's writing related. Like that's what yeah. I kept thinking. Or then when I started getting really into design, I was like, maybe I should change to communication arts or something like that. And I just kept thinking, like, I don't want to get graded on my art and I don't, and I want to just like keep it pure. I feel like we're telling kids to like not go to college, but um, <laughs> go to college. Well, <laughs> art school, yeah. Well, and we all do. We both have Mr. Delagene as an art teacher. Oh, maybe I don't know. You have the memory. in middle school. You have okay. the memory. I don't. Did you take art class in middle school? Yeah, didn't we take like a drawing class? 
Yeah, it was with Mr. Delagene. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. So I, I feel like that was a thing, too, that he talked about, was, like, keeping your art, like, like we would do that thing where you put your hand down and you never lift it up. I feel like everyone does that. But the way that he taught it was, like, believing in this, like, inner pull that you have. Mm. Anyway. Wow. Maybe I did get it from that. I don't I know. I feel like... I feel like we both because he was also my art teacher in elementary school so he came from my elementary school to our middle school like with us Mm. and I feel like a lot of the things that he taught wasn't necessarily about like going and getting an art education you know but was just like like we're saying that like intuitive if you have that intuitive skill to just keep feeding it in a way well I think both of us if people are like here's the exact path you should take. We're like, eh, no, yeah. going to go the no. other way. <laughs> like, uh, it, it's like, if it's clearly marked, we're just like, no, we're going to go hack our path totally. in a different direction. Like both of us just really have that in common. And I have done, I mean, I've done that my whole life. Like I thought everyone told me when I, so when I was like starting to get into design, everyone was like, you need a portfolio, you need a portfolio, blah, 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 blah. Like you have to get an internship and work from there and this and that. And like this whole trajectory of things that I was like, I don't want to do any of that. Like I don't want to do, I don't want to work in an ad agency. Like I don't feel like doing that. And I like forged my own path and found a way. I mean, this was, and, and now it's much more like, clear for people who can there's a much bigger like freelance community that you can see like people are okay like working on their own but back in 2009 that was like that was weird people people did not think I had a job they were like people would ask me to just they're like do you want to just go to lunch like you don't have to work and I was like I'm I'm literally working right now what are you talking about (laughs) like but yeah. now it's a lot more clear. I mean, that's a path that people can take. Like even straight out of college, you can be freelance. You can learn how to do that. And well, go ahead. I was going to say, I also feel like things are a little different because like when we were in college, it was still, I mean, it wasn't exactly affordable, but like it wasn't where it is now. I think now going to college is a financial choice, just like maybe choosing to not have children is a financial choice. Um, I think things have shifted in a way where like you don't necessarily have to pick that path in order to be successful. Um, If you have drive, if you have skill, if you're able to be disciplined enough to focus on that skill, and then if you work your ass off to make connections in whatever field that you're interested in. Yeah. I don't have a problem saying you don't have to go to college if you don't want to. I Someone else might have a problem with that. But, you know, I'm married to a man who decided not to throw himself into debt for school and he's doing just fine. <laughs> you know, his career is really well and he is a very creative person. And a lot of the reason why he's able to do what he does right now is because he didn't put himself into a four-year college debt scenario. See, that's the thing. I don't. I feel like college has definitely gone up in cost, but it was still very expensive. There's just now uh, an awareness that like we, so we're the generation that we were like, you didn't have student loans, but like many other people did. Yeah. And we're the generation that's like, 
don't fall into this trap. Like be sure what you want to do. Like there, because when we were growing up, it was much different. It was like it, the, the fear of God was put into us about college. It was mm-hmm. like, if you don't go to college, you're going to be like, you're not going to do anything with your life. And it was like, Jesus. I mean, coming from a place of, especially where we grew up, it was such a place of privilege where they were just like, you can go to any college you want, like no matter what. And it was Unless like, you were my guidance counselor who told me I couldn't. Oh, no. I So I, in the guidance, like in the um, career center, they were like, you can go to any college you want. Nah, nah, nah. And then I we hired a college counselor for like a one hour consultation to help me. And they were like, uh, no, you can't go anywhere. And I was like, oh, that's how money works. Cool. I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that sucks. But it, that was like you had to do it. I don't think anybody I know that I had no concept of going into debt. Like I was not I didn't think that I was. I was just like, these are student loans and like you have to go to college. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so probably could have taken that a little differently. But I, I agree. I think like if you don't want to go to college and you want to just build your skill set like right now the I think the economy and the art freelance world is like based on skill and like if you can get your name out there and you have a commercial skill in some way fuck it do it like that's people are hiring they're hiring freelancers now like I mean, there's labor laws for a reason. We're not going to get into that, but there's, it's all <laughs> like, it's a little shady, but like, it's also a good time to be like working on your own, freelancing through it and like doing your art. And because also like, especially with Instagram, the need for art and like interesting, unique art is just like every brand wants it. So it's kind of ripe, but all that comes back to like the intuition, like not following the path that everyone says you need to follow and making sure that you carve it out for yourself, like even down to what makes you feel successful. It doesn't have to be, I mean, now we're seeing that it's not like people are starting to really question whether it's a big, like a Mercedes and a big house. That's such bullshit. Like, I mean, not that that was even accessible to a lot of people, but that seemed to be like the dream is to have that kind of like, that kind of material success. But I think we're all like redefining that now. I mean, I do think it's all connected to intuition. It's weird to say that, right? It's like, but if having the house is like something that you think will help you achieve the next goals in your life or the next steps, like, yeah, you should definitely, you know, follow that intuition um it's funny i also think there's a conversation to be had about like intuition versus like dumb luck you know oh yeah because like i i got into berkeley like literally in spite of my guidance counselor telling me i couldn't go and it's because i went to junior college and then i also got into ucsb santa barbara and I when I got into Berkeley, I got into their journalism school. And when I got into Santa Barbara, it was in um, communications, which I did not understand that that actually just meant that like you had to do like math 
like it's all statistical based. Oh, I learned I learned that really quick. <laughs> um, but I'm also really glad I didn't do the journalism school because I I was not very great at it. I don't have a thick skin to do that. But I, I, to me, that was like the only applicable creative thing that I could go get a degree for. Anyway, fun fact, I just said yes to um, Santa Barbara because their letter came first and I never thought I would get into Berkeley. And then the Berkeley letter came and I got in and I was like, oh, damn it. Well, I guess I made my choice already. <laughs> like, Santa Barbara's really, Santa Barbara's beautiful though. Yeah, I mean, I'm, again, like looking back, I'm so glad that I went there and I felt like I lived so many more like diverse experiences because I chose to go to Santa Barbara as opposed to staying close to home and um, kind of experiencing more of the same, I think. But again, like it kind of was dumb luck. Like my goal was to go to Berkeley and I just didn't get the letter for another three weeks. And so I said yes to Santa Barbara, like totally out of the blue. And then you know, I again, I didn't realize that like communication was literally just stupid statistics. Sorry, no offense if you were like really into that. And now you have a career doing that. I don't know what that looks like, but I failed. I got an F in in the math class um, that you had to take statistics um, That's on as a brand part of for the. You. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, not good at math. Not good at math. And <laughs> a lot of finger counting over here. And um, well, I got a D. I didn't completely fail, but because I got a D, I didn't get in to the major. So I got all A's in like the one oh the one hundreds and I got a D and so I didn't have the right GPA in order to get into the major and I was like, good. Like secret relief. Um so I had to complete my English degree in one year because I don't know, reasons, credit limitations. It doesn't matter. College is nonsense. And so again, like dumb luck <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. So, but dumb luck was I, you know, just was really bad at math and didn't understand and had to do my English degree in one year. And I graduated with a degree in English and honors because it was so easy for me. Like doing that, going to school for English was like second nature. Like it just made sense for me to be sitting there writing essays, analyzing other artists' work, you know, and I find that so interesting that like those things I'm still in a way applying you, like people laugh like oh, I have an English degree and I do nothing with it like I don't I, I like it's super useful for marketing skills and really useful for like being able to understand a client's artistic intention behind the messaging that they're creating and like applying that in a visual sense. I feel like I'm definitely using the skills that I got but a lot of the reason why I like the steps that I took happened was just because of like weird dumb luck like bad things happening and me making an effort to turn it into a good thing and I, a lot of that is not intuition but me just saying all right well I guess this is the way that it is now let's see where this path takes me yeah I agree I think like a lot of things I've attributed to my intuition but it was just like a thing happened and I just made it work like and I because I don't really believe like everything happens for a reason. I think that that's like a real asshole thing to say because yeah. there's like a lot of shit that's just, okay, what's the reason for that then? That's fucked up. But um, I definitely in my own life try to find at least somewhat of an explanation or like what I can learn from this or what I can take from it or try to apply to something. Like I don't, just because I, I don't like to feel bad. So I just say like that was meant to happen 
okay, so what can I learn from this? What can I see? And what can I change from this? Um, and I think there's part of it that's like, it's an intuitive thing. Like it does, there are things that I believe like lead you in different directions, but there are also things that like have happened in my life that I don't feel very excited to be like, well, that happened for a reason. It's like, no, I then try to find at least some meaning in it is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. I mean, the same can be said about like my dad passing, like a common thing that people say is everything happens for a reason. And it's like, literally go fuck yourself. Like that's such bullshit. Like, yeah my dad didn't die for a reason he died because he had cancer and it sucks like and don't tell me that the reason is i meant to become stronger because of this like i don't want to like that's not a choice that i was given and and i think that's a really that's a thing that people say to make themselves feel better i think when they don't know the right thing to say you know and well they don't want to think that it could happen to them so they just absolutely like, like let me put my pain or like my fear onto you and be like this was to help your journey. It's like, no. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And that's rude. And you're terrible. But I do think that <laughs> I do think that taking those the the feelings and the experience of that pain and then like being able to translate that in a healthy way and to channel it in a way that isn't damaging to myself and others has been like a very it's been intense, but it's also been a process that I think has only benefited my art. And and I also think that it's definitely shaped the way that I allow myself to like follow. I call it the Donnie Duck, Do- the Donnie Darko gut worm. Like, right. That whole the whole point of Donnie Darko is like that whole end scene is like following this predisposed path or whatever. And I feel like that that like gut worm that I have that's just like this is the direction you're supposed to go or this is the emotion that you're supposed to put into this art or like my art is made from this deep dark subconscious place that is directly related to those traumatic experiences because I've you know been able to channel healthy coping mechanisms that's related to my pain and my trauma and those mechanisms are directly like inspiring my intuition and they definitely work together um in order to like fuel my imagination you know definitely I think that what we're really getting at in this section of this conversation is that and it's something I've been thinking about a lot which is things don't have to be so extreme like it's possible for some things to be guided by intuition some things are just dumb luck some things happen for a reason, some things don't. That's just, it doesn't have to be like, no, everything happens for a reason or nothing happens for a reason. Or like you go by your intuition or you never go, like it doesn't have to be that way. It can be, yeah. like just as we talked about with our last episode with imposter syndrome, like you can be confident while also having doubts. Like you can be content with your life while still wanting to explore more or grow more or do something else. Like you can, all of those things can exist at the same time. And I feel like for a long time, I just wanted, I wanted that certainty of like, well, no, everything happens for a reason. And that means all the bad things that could ever happen to me were just like good things in disguise and silver lining and blah, blah, blah. Or like 
it's just, or like I have to be completely guided by my intuition or I'm being too practical and I'm living out of fear and blah, blah, like all this stuff where I was like, it actually can just all exist. It's okay to like live in this like ethereal, fun middle ground of being just like chill about things. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think it's also okay if like things happen and you're devastated by them when they happen, you know, like, like literally accidentally applying to like getting accepted to UCSB and then getting the acceptance of like I was devastated I mean I hit it I was so embarrassed the like the Berkeley and Santa Barbara thing and like it literally to me I was like I've made a terrible mistake and now I'm on like a completely different life path because of it and like that's okay to like think that and be fearful and like live in those feelings now that I'm an adult I'm like literally it didn't matter and I'm really glad that I picked the path that I did even if I did it on accident but like in the moment it was embarrassing and devastating and like I didn't know what to do and I didn't do anything about it because I was so stuck with fear from that moment and like that's a big thing like that was a big pivotal like mistake really and I kind of just went with it (laughs) but looking back like it didn't matter like now in the grand scheme in the big picture within the context of my life like yes things might be different or may have been different, but maybe not. And even if they were like, I feel good about where I'm at right now. And I'm like happy with where I'm at right now. And even if I weren't, it probably wouldn't have been because of that one choice. The multiverse isn't real. It's Yeah, and also though, it's completely okay to be like, I chose one path and choosing that path had the unfortunate consequence of like giving me all these other paths that I could have chosen but I didn't choose like it doesn't have to be like I chose that path and with absolute certainty I'll never look at the other it's like this this extreme is just so unnecessary when you could just be like I chose a path it is what it is yeah (laughs) and there's other things it could have been different it could have been you know like it just it is it it is all exists um yeah so on that note we're gonna wrap and we're gonna wrap. I just wanna say really quick, we are just really, really excited by how many people are listening. Like I think we're both kinda surprised. Um yeah. like just cause, you know, imposter syndrome and shit like that. So I was like kind of expecting not that many people, but I was I've just been like very surprised and excited. Um, by the comments we're getting and the reviews and so you know if you have been listening and you feel like it's your time today to post that review we will read it and it'll make us feel good like we really will definitely will appreciate it but also like super appreciative of just of the dialogue that's been happening on our various social media channels and um people have been pretty hype um about us and you know if you like our podcast and you think that maybe one of your friends would like it even just sharing it with them would be super awesome um we love that so many people are joining in on our conversations and it feels like uh they're just sitting in a room with their friends having a chat about things they always chat about that's how we want to keep this feeling and going and I mean, for the most part, it's just two people sitting in a room having a conversation with their friends. So <laughs> nailing it. Um, but yeah, feel free to find us uh, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. It's all linked on feelingfeelings.co. Yes, it's all there. And just join our little 
our, our, our little group of feelers, people that feel yeah. a lot of things and want to talk about it, it's okay. We're all, we're all in it together. So it's true. Yes. All right, Jess. All right. This has been a uh, feeling feelings. Thanks for listening.